Welcome to the SOS Small Business Success Podcast. I am your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Welcome aboard. You know, typically I do these podcasts every Wednesday. Um, and yesterday I, I, I actually was not in a position to record. Um, and you'll know why based on the topic that we're going to talk about today and the setback. Um, that I had for myself in regards to that. So, you know, we always in our podcast here, we talk about building brands that survive and building you to thrive because you are a brand. And I know sometimes people are out there saying, oh, I don't need a brand. I need this. I need that. But your, your brand is kind of that foundational identity. It's, it's very much connected to you personally and your values. So when I say brand, I'm not just talking about your colors and your logos and, you know, your, 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 your identity pieces. I'm also talking about your connection with self, your connection with business, your connection with your team, um, your connection with your community. All of that is kind of a representation of how I see brand. So I define it as, you know, Branding is sales with a soul, like it's a personal thing. So today, you know, our conversation is on mindset and, you know, that we, we, we go through this cycle of these some strategies and we focus on the five different keystones each and every session here. Our keystone today is mindset. So we have sales, operation, mindset, marketing, and education. And today is all about mindset. So we're going to be talking about the EI versus the MH. And EI is representing emotional intelligence and MH is representing mental health. And we're going to look at kind of defining the two of these and seeing how they are, you know, kind of cousins um, and potentially inevitable if you are not able to manage one over the other. But the two of them do go hand in hand. They're part of the same family. And I and the reason why this conversation is coming up is, uh, you know, partly by what's happened here recently with um, Simone Biles removing herself from the team and um, some of the competitions at the Olympics. And I couldn't record yesterday because uh, even though I wanted to talk about this, I found myself still in a very judgmental state of mind. And so I wanted to continue to research it a little bit more. I wanted to read about it a little bit more. I wanted to be more factual in it, but I also wanted to, you know, I knew the piece that I wanted to bring to life in this session today. And it really is, is defining the difference between emotional intelligence and mental health. Now, I was a gymnast uh, growing up, so um, it was like love for me. Like I spent as much time walking on my hands as I did walking on my feet as a child. I spent as much time flying through the air, um, you know, as I did running on the ground as a child. And I loved every minute of it. So, you know, I grew up taking gymnastics. I grew up competing in gymnastics. I had a trampoline. And so I was just always jumping and running and flipping and everything. So I have some understanding of, you know, the dynamics of gymnastics. I certainly don't have any understanding of, you know, Simone Biles being um, 
the greatest gymnast ever. And the, the level of expertise that she's been able to master um, and the powerhouse that that little gal is in every way. Um, so you can understand my disappointment when she pulled out and when she pulled out of the team competition, it, 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 it affected me even more because I always feel like, you know, you're, you're part of a team in that capacity there. Like it's a, it's a group score and everybody has to be able to contribute to that. Um, so I was disappointed to see that. And I was sad that, you know, she didn't feel as though she could be great, even though she, you know, set up this whole goat experience, you know, uh, greatest of all time and really played on that prior to going into the Olympics. And I'm thinking, you know, you can be the greatest of all time, but you have to be able to understand that there's also a commitment too. And at the same time, it's a very dangerous sport. I know that. Um, and so as I've been reading a lot of what's been happening over the course of the last few days and everything, you know, I've really tried to put a perspective on it. And what I can tell you is that in, in the end, she probably made the best decision she could for herself. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But right now, I want to define the difference between these two, because this is life, right? So, you know, I heard Michael Phelps talking about mental health being an issue that he's had to deal with. And he's like, we can be great. We can be really good at something, but we're also human and we can have downfalls and, and you know, uh, parts of us that that aren't strong enough to withstand maybe some of the pressures that life has it. That is being human. I totally agree with that. And after everything we've been through with, you know, 2020, uh, you know, the Olympics being delayed, our lives all being put on hold, everything that we've experienced over the last year, every single one of us has an enormous amount of stress on us that maybe we didn't have prior or different stresses that we are still working through trying to manage for ourselves. So let's look at the definition between kind of emotional intelligence and mental health here. So emotional intelligence is that capacity of being aware. And they use the word in kind of the Wikipedia definition of control and express one's emotions. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to take the word control out of there because I, I believe as an emotional intelligent speaker and coach and facilitator that control is the wrong word. We can learn to manage and express one's emotions and then how to be able to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. So empathy tied to emotional intelligence is probably the absolute. You cannot be emotional intelligent and not have empathy. You cannot be emotionally intelligent and not have compassion. You cannot be emotionally intelligent and not understand the impact your decisions, your choices can make on yourself and others. Okay. And that's that awareness piece that they talk about here. So emotional intelligence is the key to both personal and professional success. And that I absolutely agree with here. So we can't always control our emotions, nor should we. Okay. There are times that we shouldn't because it, it represents potentially some of the happiest moments, good emotions, and some of the most dangerous emotions, fear, um, but we can learn to manage them, you know, like there's, there's always this debate. Can, can people become, learn to be emotionally intelligent? And the answer is an absolute yes. We can learn to be emotional intelligent. 
Are some people naturally born more emotionally intelligent than others? Yes, I agree with that as well. Um, I certainly have had to learn these skill sets in order to manage my stress levels and manage my emotions a little bit more. And I've, I've only one time in my life have put it, crossed it over into the mental health arena. And it was because I was incapable of managing my emotions that it turned into more of a mental health concern for me um, than just being able to say it was a business issue or a personal issue type of thing. Now, if we look at mental health, then mental health becomes kind of the disorders that become connected to not being emotionally intelligent. So anxiety, panic, uh, obsessive compulsive phobias, depression, bipolar, other mood disorders, eating disorders, personality disorders, post-traumatic stress disorders. And then of course, the more uh, deeper seated ones, psychotic and schizophrenia type things. So there's kind of how mental health is, is kind of put into a bucket in a sense. And we can say that we need mental health days and we can say that, you know, that we have mental health issues, but part of it is, is that what we might look into for ourselves is can we learn to manage our emotions better? Can we be more emotionally intelligent? Just like you can measure kind of an IQ on somebody, there is some measurement tools to being EQ, okay? The, the emotion quotient um, uh, level. And you, there's tons of books out there on it. And, you know, and I'm obviously as a, as, a, as a coach, this is my foundation for coaching my clients. It's my foundation for leading my life, leading my business. And it came out of, you know, coming from the worst time in my life when I had to make decisions to do decisions that were made for me and decisions that I had to make for me um, and understanding how emotional intelligence really supported me through these big decisions that I had to make in my life you know, the recession, divorce, uh, losing my house, all of those things, right? So if we look at these two factors here, then we have to be able to kind of look at how are our emotions impacting our lives and how are the emotions that we're managing or not managing so well impacting others' lives as well. And that's why today's uh, Keystone strategy is it, mindset is really important. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, support that Simone is getting right now in regards to her making the decision to remove herself from the competition thus far. Okay, so I know that she's removed herself from two separate parts of the competition, but she, as the greatest gymnast in history was involved in every part of the competition. In other words, she's the only person that's ever been in the team competition in the all arounds and be able to compete in the individual in all four apparatuses. Um, so it, it was, it was a lot, she was going into a lot, but she seemed to be going into it with um, a lot of confidence and a lot of opportunity and a lot of support. Now, once we got you know, she got to Tokyo and there wasn't, you know, the grandstand, obviously her parents weren't there, obviously like a lot of that does play a role in it. So there came a point where she wasn't doing so well and things weren't working out. And then she made a decision to pull out. Okay. So I want you to think about things in your life at this point. So, 
And I want you to think about those emotional moments when they peak and then we don't make rational decisions. Okay. When things don't feel right or out of sorts, and then we make irrational decisions, or we think we're making rational decisions. Okay. So, you know, that, that notorious email or text, you know, somebody sends you something and you fire back right away. And what happens is that it creates an upsetting environment. Okay. And your, your need to be right is there, their need to be right is there. And what it turns into is, is conflict. And, you know, and, and that conflict can be avoided if we look at it from a sense of being emotionally intelligent first. Like, why is this person concerned about this? Have I done something to create this? Are they, is there something else going on with them? Like, there's a lot of questions to be asked and I'll give you some tools at the end of this session to be able to help you with that. Um, Another example would be being overly angry or defiant. And boy, did we see this over the last year? I mean, the, the whole meme of Karen's was kind of an overly angry or defiant approach to things. And somebody that is not very emotionally intelligent of being able to see the value of all that's in front of them, to see the bigger picture, to have compassion towards another. Um, So, you know, that was like totally exposed. This whole cancel culture and woke culture is in my book totally being unemotionally intelligent. (laughs) It's totally taking a path of not having compassion and empathy in play. Okay. So, you know, if you're, if you're someone like me, where you're trying to just create this balance and like, I can't watch everything that's going on in the world because it does add too much stress to me. And at the same time, I want to be educated and involved and aware of what's going on so that I'm not also being naive or, um, you know, just not, or ignoring it in a sense. And yet at the same time, when I see myself react to certain things, I have, I have to be able to go back and say, what don't I know? What facts don't I have? What is this being leaned or steered in a particular direction to create a reaction? And that's why I'm getting reactive towards this. Um, and, a lot of that is based on emotional intelligence. So I know the world, the word mental health or the phrase mental health is very, very big right now, but I would love to be able to create the phrase of being emotionally intelligent as the first and foremost. In other words, it's got to be the foundational piece, because if you don't maintain a level of understanding emotional intelligence and being compassionate and emphatic, you will potentially start leaning towards mental health issues. So the stress will become overwhelming. Um, you know, your body that, listen, there's no, there's no surprise while it's called dis-ease or disease. Okay. It's, you are not in, you're not in an easeful place. You are in dis-ease and something's going to come out of that. And then of course, as a country, we are over-medicated. We are incredibly over-medicated. And that's another another proof that we are not being an emotionally intelligent society. Because if we were able to manage our emotions better, we would be able to do that through thought, through learning, through education, through tools that we can apply to be less stressed, more aware, more compassionate, more empathetic. 
all of those things would represent that. So here's some other examples. Um, Not being able to speak your truth. Okay. Being, being held back or withdrawn of not being able to speak your truth. And again, a lot of this is going on over the last couple of years with the election and everything is, you know, they're, they're trying to diminish a particular voice. They're trying to diminish certain people, certain things, certain philosophies, certain content. Okay. And so when you can't speak your truth, you feel, you feel disabled. And then that dis that moment of feeling disabled brings on stress. And then we become angry, defiant, We then say things that we don't really mean or we haven't put thought to. And again, we're not looking at the impact that it has on us and others. Um, Victim mentality or martyrdom is another area, an example of not being very emotionally intelligent. Uh, Blaming others, always blaming others. Again, that falls into that victim mentality and martyrdom. But when you're blaming others for what's going on and you're not taking any responsibility for yourself, then you're not being very emotionally intelligent at all. Um, What happens when we are not being very emotionally intelligent is what I call the three R's. And my coach taught me this and and it really, really helped me to kind of see the pattern that starts to happen. When we become resentful, we then develop resistance. And then when we have enough resistance, we look for revenge. Okay. So if we're not taking care of our emotions, which leads to physical and mental, spiritual ailments, in a sense, we become resentful, we become resistant, and we become revengeful. And those three R's are not healthy and are not represented under emotional intelligence. Okay. So resentment would be I see my side of the story, but I don't see yours. Resistance would be, I'm not even going to have a conversation with you because you don't, I need to be right. And I am right. So there's no compassion in there. And then of course, revenge is just an action that you would take in, in order to, to prove your righteousness. And uh, that's not healthy either. And again, it impacts more people than yourself. It impacts a lot of people. Of course, when we don't have the awareness of how we how th- how the impact happens, we usually have regrets or we get caught doing something that we shouldn't be doing. And again, it represents that we don't have the right empathy positioning of ourselves, awareness. Okay, and you know you've heard that expression, sleep on it. Well, it works when if you're upset with something or you're something's not going right, and they say, you know what, you know hey, don't go to bed mad. Well, fine. If that's a relationship thing, don't go to bed mad. But sometimes you just have to go to bed and sleep on it and then have a different perspective the next day. And the reason why that's so is is not like, you know, this woo-woo effect that it's like, oh, it'll just time buys all, time heals all type of thing. It's literally because your body is going through, you know, changes, physiological changes that's happening in there. And I'll share that with you in just a minute. You know, It works to sleep on it. But if you are truly in danger, if your emotions are peaked because you are in danger and you are not safe, then you do have to make a decision right there in that moment. And you have to be able to trust yourself in that moment that the decision you're making is the right decision for yourself and is the right decision for that others will respect. And so, you know, little Simone making the decision that she had to, I only hope that it wasn't made out of being emotionally hijacked 
and not completely from mental health. Now, that little gal at 24 has been through more than most of us go through in a lifetime. I mean, from being sexually assaulted by the doctor um, to being, you know, it's highly uh, an expert in her field to being overly competitive to having some, some unfairness happen in that they aren't judging her or, or um, putting scores on her skills because they're afraid other people will try to do them and not do them successfully and get hurt. There's a lot of unfair advantage. So there's, I can see why she is probably in a position of not being well right now, but her emotions have been certainly triggered. Now, one of the things that they said is that, you know, when she was in the middle of her vault during the team competition, that she ended up getting a twisty and that's where you kind of, it's like a form of vertigo. So when you're in the air, you, you get lost and you don't know what's up and down. And so of course, landing in this particular type of positioning is highly dangerous. Now, most of gymnastics is blind moves and muscle memory. So you learn to do certain things and you feel them. Your body responds to that same feeling. Your muscles know what to do and how to do it, whether it's twisting or turning or flipping. And, um, and then you just always hope for a successful landing. And, uh, in my time as a gymnast, I can tell you that the floor of course was, you know, the easiest place to try new things and make mistakes and, and trust yourself. The beam was, uh, an area of, um, absolute, you know, expertise. And when they call it the balance beam, they really mean you got to be able to balance on there. But I was always challenged by that one and uh, favored that one as the one. The vault, easy run, jump onto this, you know, fixed apparatus and try to fly through the air. You, you, the muscle memory you could do was something masterful, but it was the bars for me that I never, I never connected with and would end up with vertigo, um, you know, eight out of 10 times that I would be on the bars like that particular motion of just flipping and flipping and flipping in the same way, but back and forth, uh, created horrible vertigo for me at times. And, uh, it, it was why I couldn't continue to compete because the one apparatus that I couldn't do, you know, kind of set me out of being able to compete any further into gymnastics. And certainly I was nowhere near the level of gymnastics that (laughs) that all of these gymnasts are today. Um, It's amazing to watch. And and I I admire uh, everything that I see for them. But here's what happens when when our emotions are not managed and we're somewhat becoming out of control. See, what happens is that something triggers us and it triggers our emotions first. So we have emotions, then thought, okay? It signals the brain, now going into thought, it signals the brain that there's something that you're in danger with. And this could be a perceived or a real danger. Now, this whole thing that I'm sharing with you right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna label it as a hijack, okay? So what happens is that your emotions hijack your logic. So when your emotions hijack your logic, you are incapable of making rational decisions for yourself and others. And this happens to us every day. Every day we're hijacked by something. We could be hijacked by traffic. We could be hijacked by a significant other, a person, a client. Um, We could be hijacked by 
you know, somebody texting us and saying, you know, my hair is, my hair is not blonde enough, or my hair is green or whatever the case is like all of that hijacks us. Okay. And then what happens is that we become a bit irrational in how we respond. We become reactionary to how we speak and communicate. Um, and it impacts the relationship it impacts a lot. Okay. Going down here. So something triggers your emotions. It signals the brain of danger and it's perceived or real. So if in fact, in Simone's case, if she did this vault and she ended up getting the twisty in the air and feeling lost and out of control, her, that, that's not perceived a danger. That's a real danger for her, which means that she doesn't know how she's going to land. She could land on her head, break her neck and die. I mean, all, it, 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 it's definitely not perceived. It's real danger in there. So she had to be able to make the decision, but you know, this is a very skilled athlete. So, you know, she would have to repractice, set up a, like a practice session to be able to remove herself from this high level of emotion or this hijack thing. But what happens, unfortunately, is when you get hijacked, your body goes into fight, flight, and freeze mode. Okay. So one of those is a dominant feature for you. Obviously, we probably portray all three of them at any given time, but one of them is a very dominant one. Okay. So in my case, it's, it's fight. So, you know, I go to anger and defiance immediately if something doesn't feel right to me. So if I'm in traffic, I could never be like an Uber driver or a, or a school bus driver because, you know, just in traffic, I'm like very reactionary with, well, you're going to sit there. You're going to go get off the phone and drive. Like I, I constantly say stuff like that while I'm driving. And so I'm not <laughs> I'm a very vocal driver, as you could say, right? So my first instinct is fight, which means I become boisterous. I, I portray a voice in there, right? So flight would be removing yourself from something, escaping something. Freeze would be, you know, like deer in a headlights. Like you just, you're incapable of, of moving forward and doing something. And in, in Simone's case here, like her body went into flight, like she couldn't do this anymore. Like she had to remove herself from it. And when this happens, when your body goes into one of these, these three fear factors in a sense, okay. And your brain is telling you danger, danger right now, it signals your adrenal gland to release cortisol and cortisol goes to the biggest muscles in your body so that you can run, that you can flee, you can freeze, you can be safe. Okay. And all of those things hijack the rational part of the brain, which then creates logical and rational thought. When you go into a hijack, you are no longer rational. When cortisol hits your body and it hits your body very fast. So in 15 minutes, it's circulating through your body and it lasts for several hours. You continue to be hijacked and not make very good decisions moving forward. So if she had to get back on a piece of apparatus and compete again in a short amount of time, she could have continued to make more mistakes and continued to potentially hurt herself. So there was, there was a significant danger in this. I would hope that athletes are trained on emotional intelligence more. And I would hope that coaches 
were more emotionally intelligent coaches. And I, I don't know that. I don't know that. It doesn't seem like that's the case in this particular scenario. Um, but again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards the, the arena of she made the right decision for her at the time. Okay. So cortisol remains in your system for several hours. And what it does is it creates a state of survival or state of stupidity. If she didn't feel confident going back onto another apparatus there, it, there is, she's not going to, otherwise, if she did, and she made another mistake, it would be stupid, right? That would just like be a stupid move in here. In other words, you can't make good decisions from this point unless you can counteract cortisol and you have to counteract cortisol in like the first 15 minutes that it hits your system. And that's with serotonin. And that is, you know, creating happy thoughts, creating mindful um, moments, um, going to your happy place. I know that sounds very woo woo in here, but it, it actually is very effective. Breathing, uh, drinking water, diluting, diluting the hormone of cortisol. All of those things are kind of the, the in the tool chest of being able to be more emotionally intelligent once you kind of step into a hijack situation. Now, here's the tool that I want to share with you. And it's, it's called SOS, of course, right? Stop, oxygenate, seek. Okay. So stop whatever you're doing. Okay. And breathe to be able to counteract the cortisol that is happening. If you get hijacked, seek further information, seek where the, the, what's happening. Um, you know, what questions do you need to ask yourself? What questions do, you know, do you need to, to research? And it's typically a, a very personal thing here. It's not seeking information from others, you know, at this point, but seeking information, like one of the things they caught on camera with Simone was when she said to her coach, I don't trust myself right now. Okay. And I don't trust myself right now is because she was hijacked. In other words, she was aware. So this makes her very emotionally intelligent, right? At 24, at 24, makes her very emotionally intelligent. She was aware enough to say, I don't trust myself right now. And that in itself might've been the right decision for her to make as she did. But because she was in a hijack, she's, she might be making an irrational choice that is impacting her and others long-term, short-term and long-term here. Okay. So the seeking of information is asking yourself, you know, do I need to respond to this right now? Do, am I really in danger right now? Do I need to make a decision right now? Can I put this on hold until I'm feeling a little bit more stable in my thoughts here? Ask questions of yourself is another way to be able to diminish emotion and raise the part of the brain that is that is being hijacked right now. Asking questions brings thought back into the brain. So where I'm emotionally unstable, if I start asking myself questions, I can start to manage my emotions a little bit better by creating my neocortex part of my brain to be more thoughtful and bring me to a more rational place here. Now, another way that in um, an emotional intelligence program that I'm a coach for um, under um, uh, another program is called the SBA. Stop, breathe, ask questions. Ask questions of yourself, ask questions uh, with others, okay? Yourself or others. So that might be a way to remember it. SOS, stop, oxygenate, seek, or SBA, stop, breathe, ask questions. And all of that's designed to be able to 
really limit the excessiveness of what a hijack can do to you and not have you be in a good state of mind to be able to make decisions, respond, connect um, with others. And then of course, there's this other part. So if you're, if you're an owner, you know, I cater to small business owners at this point. If you're an owner, this would be a really good tool to use then if you have uh, team members that are being hijacked is called the VEF tool. So it's voice empathy feedback. Allow the person to have a voice, provide empathy for what they're going through, and then support them with the right kind of feedback. In other words, not necessarily advice. I'm not saying give them advice of what they need to do. Allow them to think through, bring their, their, their process out of emotion and into thought. Allow them to be able to think through what is the feedback that I need to provide for myself it, as a self-soothing tool, as a self-supporting um, tool to be able to say, I can manage my emotions if this happens again, I know how to manage my emotions the next time. If it happens again, I can manage my emotions the next time. Because here's the truth, you guys, we're human. We are emotional creatures first, logical creatures second. That is who we are. That is how we are hardwired. That is absolutely positively how we are designed, just like other animals, okay? The difference between us and other animals is that we have that part of our brain called the neocortex, which brings language and logic into play. Most animals have the, the amygdala and the, the limbic system part of their brain, which, which creates that they are very emotional creatures. They hear something, they get spooked, okay? And they understand that, but they don't have this ability to communicate and be logical like us as human beings. So that's what makes us different from other animals, okay? But I think we're losing, we're losing that ability to manage our emotions, listen to our emotions and allow them to happen, but also being able to manage them. And here's the deal, you guys, EI can be learned and it should be learned before it leads to mental health issues, okay? If something is unhealed and you're not allowing yourself to heal it, then what you're doing is you're avoiding the emotions that have created connection in your brain. And then one day when the, when the brain and the synapses and the, the web of emotion is so dense that it starts to run your life, it starts to rule your decision-making process, it starts to impact your future, then you are then going to have some mental health issues. You're going to have some emotional issues that could lead to physical and emotional diseases. Okay. And so we want to be able to be more emotionally intelligent before we get to the mental health issues. So a wellness day is a wellness day, but I think we need to be careful, careful of talking about mental health issues as the thing and start saying we can be more of an, an emotionally intelligent society because if you're emotionally intelligent, then this is where it comes in. When I saw my judgment come up with Simone, I knew in that moment that I, I, I didn't have all the facts and it was, it was personal. I was personally disappointed. And who am I? Who am I to be personally disappointed in Simone pulling out of the competition? I'm, I'm nobody. It's nothing. I have, I have nothing to do with this. She made a decision that was the best decision for her at that time. And that's the part that I want to say that she's an, she's an amazing young woman that is emotionally intelligent. I hope that she didn't make the decision based on being hijacked 
that now has impacted the team and her for the future. Because if that's the case, then she's going to have to continue to be more emotionally intelligent and heal the choices that she's made. But ultimately, to be the best emotionally intelligent person that you can is allow others to choose what is best for them. Allow yourself to choose what is best for you. Be clear if you're hijacked or mentally unstable. Be clear in one of those two because you want to make the best decisions for yourself because regret is one decision that is hard to overcome. Regret is a healing process, just like losing something. When you make choices that you later regret, it requires the same type of healing as if you lost somebody in your life or something, okay? And ultimately, though, be an advocate for yourself and others to be emotionally intelligent. Um, that's like the most important thing. Be an advocate for emotional intelligence. Be emotionally intelligent. And if you want to find out more about this whole conversation of emotional intelligence, um, I'd love to connect with you. Okay. So I've got a couple things coming up here. One is August 2nd. So if you're listening to this afterwards or you missed um, the dates of this, check in with me because most of my content actually goes onto my website and you will have access to it. And you can go to bonniebonadeo.com slash events. But uh, the masterclass that we're doing is the SOS Secrets to Hiring Success. Now, <laughs> what does this have to do with emotional intelligence today? Because we have a supply and demand issue and we have to think differently in how we're going to be hiring people and the lack of available hires that we're going to have moving into the future here. So we need to restructure our business a little bit and how we're going to do that is being more emotionally intelligent to be able to look at business is going to look different moving forward into the future here. So join me on August 2nd. You can go to save, saveoursalons.com to register for that, saveoursalons.com, register for that. And then again, if you want to find out more about the emotional intelligence that I've been talking about, um, I'm leading a, a, a very high level emotional intelligence leadership course. And you can DM me um, uh, at Bonnie Bonadeo, you know, on Facebook or Instagram and say, I'm interested in finding out more about the emotional intelligence course. And then I'll provide you all the details on that. Um, so if you're a leader and this is something you really feel passionate about and in leading, then I'm going to recommend that you look into this. Okay. So it's an amazing, very, uh, very, um, very well done emotional intelligence program that also incorporates AI into it. So it's an online course that lasts over six weeks, but it's very interactive and live. Um, and then some sessions, of course, are online. Some sessions have AI elements to it. So you get a real experience with it um, like you've never had before. So DM me at Bonnie Bonadeo, and um, I'm happy to provide more information for you. You're going to see a campaign coming out on that because the date is September 27th that it starts. You'll see a campaign coming out for me on that um, as well. So stay tuned and follow my pages at Bonnie Bonadeo, at Bonnie Bonadeo Coach, um, and uh, on Facebook, at Bonnie Bonadeo, on Instagram, or of course on LinkedIn as well. All right, you guys, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for letting me speak my truth and uh, feel uh, connected to this, even though it was, it felt, I felt very disconnected with it all week long. And uh, I appreciate you always listening and sharing my podcast with other people. Until next week.